spirit and their life, the natural man doesn't understand these things, will not grasp them. Romans goes on at quite a length to, to, to explain that. So the only way I can receive God, and Jesus makes it very clear, is if the Father actually draws me. So man, I didn't wake up one day and say, okay, I think I'll, I'll seek God, and I, I found Him. Jesus said, no, you did not choose me. I chose you. Isaiah says there was none that seek after God. Well, then we, we get a little offended at things like that. Well, I thought I was a good person. Your thoughts, my thoughts, are always totally opposite of God. Now, that needs to be a foundation that God is holy, I am not. He has a great purpose for me that usually doesn't line up with my purpose. And again, we, as, we, as we're singing and worshiping, I think it's a good thing to sing and worship, but again, we have to return to who God is. See, we said, rain down, rain down fire, let it consume me. And we're kind of singing these songs, and I'm going, I don't want to sing that song. Be like, here's my house, set it ablaze. I've, what does fire do? Well, it burns up everything. And we're singing that, but most of the time we don't realize that because many of times our perspective is just totally ungodly, for, for lack of a better word, or maybe that is the right word. And I was thinking here, you know, because a lot of times, how many people just get a little weary from time to time? I mean, just, and the Bible talks about it in many places, but particularly in Peter, it says, man, strengthen the hands that hang down and the feeble knees, because sometimes we just get weary. Timothy talks about enduring hardness as a good soldier. But again, many times we look at church, or we want to look at our Christian experience, or what Jesus' purpose is, is a good time for me. How many people have ever had a difficult time with God because you haven't been having a good time? Is anybody here like that? Well, Paul describes his office, and I believe that's an example then for all of us. He says, I think God has chosen the apostles. And again, sometimes we think, oh man, if I was a minister, I was able to preach to 5,000, and I would... Those things, I, I think those are not necessarily godly thoughts. I think they're thoughts of self-centered that I will, and I wish I could, and I can. But Paul says... I think God chose the apostles. Sometimes we look at apostles, boy, if I was Peter, if I was Paul, or maybe one of the prophets is like, man, could you imagine calling down fire from heaven? I don't think it was really like that. Because most of it, you know, we, we, we're just too proud when we don't do anything. Could you imagine if you really were good? Well, we'd be just like the devil. See, the devil says, I will be like God. What was the devil's sin? Not like, man, you know, I'm going to think I'll kill, murder, and destroy. No, he says, I'm going to be like God. I don't like the way he's doing things. And I got, God said, that's, that's enough of that. And from that, then all other wickedness comes to play. So now as I, I approach the word of God, I must take that view of saying, God now wants to speak to me. But he says he, he picked the apostles first. What is one of the marks? Actually, now, we've lost this in the modern age. And I believe it's going to be harder and harder to retain as the age progresses. Even the Bible says, Jesus himself says, if, it, if those days were not shortened, if it was possible, the very elect would fall away. I think we are living in such demon-possessed times and wicked times that are coming upon us that we're not, we're, sometimes we're just not aware of it. But I, I think there's things that are being taken out of the way that once were a foundation to the faith, was a foundation to walking with God that we, we know very little about anymore. As a matter of fact, we think they're, they're not the right things. So, one of the marks Paul would brag about, he says, I'm going to glory in some of these things to show you that I really am an apostle. And one of the things he didn't mention is how big his church was. Didn't say, man, I got a donkey with air conditioning and an FM radio, iPod to it, cellular TV or whatever on it. Now, I know I'm kind of being funny, but a lot of times we view our lives like that. Now, I just, if you had a donkey with air conditioning, I think that would be pretty, pretty good. But 
He says, the mark of my apostleship is that God has set forth the apostles. We sometimes look at this great office. Boy, if I could just be... How many people are tired of being regular? Anybody just tired of being regular? God makes mostly regular people. And the the irregular ones usually are locked away somewhere. I, I heard this. I, I, I heard this saying, and I like this. It says, I don't know if it's necessarily true, but it's kind of cute. It's kind of a anyway. Um, it said God must love crazy people. And I said, Well, why? He makes so many of them. And see, and 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 you know what? He, you know what? A lot of those crazy people end up in the church. That church is crazy. Well, you got it right. That's exactly right. He gets crazy people. Peter was a little... You know, we don't think, oh, well, Peter. You know, Peter was an apostle, called of God, but that wasn't his calling. That wasn't something because of Peter. You know, you get these... You ever see the, the, the stained glass with the halo? And every, you know, the same... That, that really is from a further Eastern religion than Christianity. Did you ever see Harry Krishnas and those kind of things? Or see visions? Well, anyway. Those are not... I think if you saw Peter, you kind of saw Peter. Especially if it was a day after fishing, maybe he didn't smell so good. Maybe that's why they had the halo. It was like, stay away, you know, out of the zone here. I don't, I'm not sure. <clears throat> but, okay, we've got to stay on track here. I want to get to the book of Proverbs. But the mark of the apostle says we are set forth as the off-scouring of the earth. How many of us want to embrace that? Well, see, but that's a, that's a that's a keystone in the Christian faith. See, we read these scriptures, but then we kind of like, oh yeah, but that would, no, nobody nobody really does that. It says if we want to serve Him, let's go outside the camp and suffer with Jesus, bearing the reproach. What reproach? The reproach of being a Christian as Jesus laid out. The reproach of not being your own person. The reproach of embracing sorrow and suffering. The reproach of laying down my life for something that I yet do not see with these eyes, but by faith I apprehend. And you know what? You look twice as crazy. Abraham, that crazy old man, wandering around in the desert for what, 20, 30, 40 years. And then if he wasn't crazy enough, God had to go and change his name in front of everybody. Now, you're called Abraham. That means you are the father of many nations. You mean the guy whose wife can't have kids? Is the guy... You know, sometimes the closer you get to God, you yourself might say, but others around you say, he's really gone now. That's, isn't that what, and here we get a, man, if I preached a wonderful message, you know what they'd say? Paul gets up in front of the Roman uh, consulate there, and he, and, and I think King Festus, in, in, and starts preaching and telling his testimony. And you know what Festus is? Festus? That wasn't that guy on Gunsmoke? He's... He said, y'all, <laughs> he said, Festus says, Paul, you're crazy. Now, you know, there's something in us that at one point we kind of want to be normal. We want to be accepted. Well, there's some things you just have to bear. And one of those things is not being accepted. And some, you know what? Not even accepting yourself. See, I've had the, I, 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 my family particularly, and in me, one of, one of my, like I said, it's not, I, I, don't, I don't do well as a human. I think I would have made a better octopus, but I'm not sure. But a lot of times it's like, you know, man, I just had all these dreams, and I used to be a radical person. I had stood up for something, and well, I think Jesus got tempted in all those days. He got to, came and said that he had the, 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 ra- the radical Zionist zealots. They wanted to take over the government. and he, See, Jesus would have had the power to change this world. Have you ever had a little, maybe, uh, argument with the Lord of why doesn't He change things? He could do it. It would seem like He's very uninterested in changing this world. 
even when it came to saving his own life. He thought that, and then what Paul actually says that, I count my life worthless compared to the excellency and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not only ready to go to Jerusalem and be tortured, be in prison, I'm ready to die. There is a greater purpose to my life than what I thought it was. And Paul, his name Saul, before he was converted, had a great following. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, touching the law blameless. People would say, oh, Rabbi Saul, teach us. Zealous man persecuting the church. He wore his righteousness out. And he says, all this, all that I strive for, all my own righteousness, all the things that I wanted to grab hold of, all my dreams, I count nothing. Well, what reason, Paul? Did you find the treasure? Did you find the Holy Grail? Did you, what did you do? Did you invent the donkey with air conditioning? What do you got? I met Jesus. Oh, you're crazy. Nobody would do that. I mean, I could see, you know, sometimes, sometimes you ever get, you know, how many people would like do something bad for $100? Very few, you know. But a million dollars, you know, that's a little more tempting. See, Paul, you gave up all this for what? This man named Jesus, who we just crucified? And, oh, you mean those people that follow him? Did you ever look at the twelve? One was a fisherman. We know Peter. Then one was John. Now, I don't know why John, and forgive me, I'll have to talk to him when we get there. But John actually wrote the book of John. Did you know that? Now, that sounds right. But, you know, if you start talking about the book of John, he says, and the disciple which Jesus loved. And you, you start reading and go like, man, what, who is this guy? A little insecure? You know, he, he hardly ever gets in trouble because he's kissing up to the Lord. You ask him. Mom, go ask him. You know, they were regular people that God chose to reveal his son in. And most of our problem is, we're actually, as a matter of fact, the Bible actually says, most of us not aren't even regular. You know, at least the gas station have regular, super, and premium. They don't have the geo grade. See, but the Bible actually says that we don't, we don't, we don't, that's why the Bible continually instructs us. Rarely, and I'm not, I'm going to say rarely because I'm not 100%, but rarely do you see, maybe never do you see the Bible says, you need to be a little proud and pushy. Um, little, be a little bit selfish. Never talks like that. Do you know why? You don't need any help in that area. You don't need any help in that area. But it, all, it talks about being humble, emptying yourself, serving one another, loving one another, long-suffering, enduring, all those qualities we don't want then why is it that we don't want them? Because of the sin nature in me has caused my whole view of life to be changed other than what God has. Now this book then is to straighten me, with straighten in my bowels, the Bible talks about, that my core is changed so that I might hear things that I, I don't understand Maybe I don't even agree with. I realize I don't want to do them. But yet when I realize that the Word of God is to be practiced, that God is the Master, and I let that take me, even though I don't want to do them, I choose to do them. Now, do you know what that's called? It's called sacrifice. Now, again, serving God, I'll put that as the main heading, Love and obedience in this time, in this generation, since sin, and probably till the Lord returns, and maybe even after that. I'm not sure about that. It doesn't address that too much. But at least for now, 
takes sacrifice. Now, before sin, there was no sacrifice. There was no death. Didn't seem like a job for Adam. Seemed to get along pretty well. Uh, Adam and Eve seemed to get along pretty well. You don't hear any pots and pans being thrown or fighting going on at that time until sin entered into the world. Then at that point, living as a human being, serving God, became a sacrifice. Eve, even though it was true before, Eve, now you're going to be submitted to your husband, and your husband's going to have to rule over you. Now, that, that, that was always before Adam was the head of it, but now it was like, this is going to be something you're going to have to fight against. You're going to have to war with. When Adam sinned, God made skins of Adam, animals to cover them. Then we see shortly after, the concept of sacrifice is introduced after sin. It's something that I have to, like, force myself to do. Now, many of us kind of, I'm, I'm just guessing, because I, I have a soul and I have a flesh and I have emotions and all these things. A lot of us think it should be easy serving God. How many of you have ever said it shouldn't be this hard to serve God? How come I'm, you know, how come I always have problems? I read about this, but how come? Well, no. For the flesh, it's not only hard, it's impossible. See? But again, like I said, in the age that we're living in, sacrifice, ob- love, obedience, serving God, and sacrifice, which makes that possible, is being done away with. So that now when we come to church or come to church meetings. Because church is not a meeting place. The church is the body of Christ. This is a function of the church. But many times we view things like coming together at church or the relationship we have as something that's to make me feel good. We view that. Now, I don't know where we get that idea because it's definitely not in the Scripture says, let this mind be in you. Now, who is saying that? Let this mind be in you. Well, God. Do we believe that the Word of God is the Word of God? That's why we call it the Word of God. It comes, it's God. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself and became obedient even to the point of death. How many people would allow themselves to be pushed around like that? And we, are, we are, even as I'm speaking, do you find the, 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 the offense level rising in you? No one pushes me around. I'm not going to let anybody. That is not the Lord. That is my own nature. And it's something that continually rises up. See, now even Paul the Apostle. Now one day, he was, uh, they, they brought him before the high priest. And one of the, he said something, and somebody smote him. Some smote him. I like that. Somebody smacked him in the face. See, that, King James always sounds better. If someone smote me, I would be able to turn the other cheek. If someone punched me in the face, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> they smacked him. And what happened in Paul? Something rose up, and you whited sepulcher. See? Have you ever been put in a sense, someone punches you, someone does something, that's not inspiration, okay, that's not inspiration, and Paul says, you whited sepulchre, how dare you smack me, and they said, you talk to the high priest like that, he says, well, I didn't know that was the high, he had the, it would have been, oh, you know, you, not always, it is never an easy thing or a natural thing to serve God. We must be people that understand that to serve Him is a sacrifice. We bring the sacrifice of praise. How many people sometimes just don't feel like praising God? How many people have ever gone through maybe a week, a day, a year? Almost my whole life. A few high points here and there. I don't have anything to praise God about. That's not what it says here. Oh, now there needs to be a fundamental change that if this, if God has called me to reveal His Son in me. Now again, if we 
understand that God is preparing us and living in us to reveal His Son in us. See, we need to view our life see, like training camp. Paul talks to Peter, endure hardness as a good soldier. Now, when you go to training camp, you don't go to feel good. You don't go to... You go to be prepared to endure hardness. There is not a... Well, I come to church because just makes me feel so good. You're missing it. You are going to get... You're not going to be a very good soldier. Because life... How many... Life is just really weird. It's a tough thing out there. And it just seems like everything comes against godliness. It's just not... You know, you go and say, Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, well, no, not like that at all. You're a Christian right now. And again, it's rising even more and more. And if we are not immune to the wave of the world. That's why it says, be, beware. See, so we, we kind of, wait a minute. We have to learn to endure sorrow and suffering. So there's got to be a fundamental change in us that says, you know what? This is why life it used to be, like Paul said. I count that all rubbish that I might know him. The great purpose of God is that Jesus Christ would be made manifest in you and in his church that his Father would be glorified. See, now, Oswald Chambers writes this. Let me see where he's at. I think it's a very pretty good saying, so I'm going to read it. Paul did not say that God separated him to show what a wonderful man he could make of him, but to reveal his son in him. And a lot of times we think, well, oh no, well now that I'm saved, I should be living this wonderful... See, one of, the, one of the great downfalls or snares, especially in this time, is that we believe we're to be successful, and even spiritual success. And many times, instead of coming up and saying, what are your credentials? I'm the off-scouring of the earth. I've been beaten up three times, stoned once, taken out of a city dead. I fast and pray. I've been despised. I've been rejected. This is doc. And there's nothing wrong with being a doctor or going to school. Just don't let it get in the way. Okay? Doctor so-and-so has 68 degrees. Probably dead. He should be 98.6, but and he now has 5,000 in his church. Now, th those things are good, but that doesn't impress God. But see, sometimes we would gauge ourselves and say, oh, how many people don't feel successful? Well, if we look at the life of Jesus, he was a total failure to every, from every point of view except one, God's point of view. And I look at that and go, Many times that's our, that's our frustration. God has a plan to reveal His Son in you, not to bring your purpose or your plan or your goodness out. And there is a battle that goes on. Because I'm always seeking mine. That's why Paul says about Timothy, says, all men naturally seek their own. How many people don't mind serving God up to a point? How many people don't mind sacrificing what you choose to sacrifice? Do you know that that's not it? God actually told the people of Israel what they needed to sacrifice. It wasn't what they sacrificed. Well, I gave and I gave. See, the young rich ruler came and said, I've done all those things. What more do I lack? Sell all that you have and follow me. Now, as we go into this, the requirements, I'm going to read this. I read this today. I, I didn't know how I could fit it in, but maybe that's why I'm going a little different, because I, I really liked it. It's Oswald Chambers. It's utmost for his highest. It's very good if you don't like to read. I mean, it's very good if you do like to read. But I have a short attention span, not a very good reader. And every day you have about maybe two paragraphs that you can read, and it's usually pretty good. So even if you can't do too much, you could probably work on that. It's got a scripture and everything. So you can actually go out of the day feeling pretty good. And so 
until you get to work. <laughs> okay. Talking about... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a few verses here. As, a Christ, as Christian workers, worldliness is not our snare, sin is not our snare, but spiritual wantonness is. Taking the pattern and print of the religious age in which we live in, making eyes at spiritual success. Never court anything other than the approval of God. Jesus told his disciples not to rejoice in successful service, and yet it seems that to be it seems to be the one thing in which we mostly rejoice in. How many times do we just really rejoice that we're saved? That God is living in me, that He's working His purpose. Usually it's I didn't get enough done today. I didn't make enough money. I didn't and then, or is that what we like to, how many people like to spiritually beat yourself up? Elijah did that. I'm the only one left serving God. Nobody understands. I've been to church for 30 years and I'm, I'm still not an apostle. Get over it. God has a plan for you. It may not be your plan. Sometimes we look and go, wow, that church is really... Well, they might, that might be their calling. They might have a calling, but what has that got to do with you? It's a great thing that Jesus said to Peter. Jesus, the risen Jesus, we talked about this last week, Jesus has just risen from the dead. He's come through a wall. They've seen Him reappear. They've, miracles have been taking place. This is the risen Jesus. It's no longer now, I have to like, take it by faith, in a sense. I mean, they still have to take it by faith, but it's not like, man, Jesus is risen from the dead. The doors are locked. He walks into the room. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. A few days later, making breakfast on the beach, we talked about that all sand and your bread and your fish and everything. Why didn't you have a nice table anyway? And Jesus, the risen Lord, says to Peter, this is what's going to happen to you. Peter, as that great apostle, hearing God risen from the dead, says, well, what about him? Now, Jesus always continually brings it back. What, what's really amazing about the Lord, He is unchanging. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know what? I wish He'd be faithful with you. Why does He have to just be so faithful with me? Can't He just fudge on this point? Can't He just... He never does that. He will always remain faithful and the same. And His answer is, it's none of your business. Now, we would think, we would see, we get offended at things like that. But again, if we do not understand that I cannot know the love of God, nor serve God, nor walk in His ways without sacrifice. And what do I need to sacrifice? Every high thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And what's that high thought? That tree looks pretty good. I think I'll eat of that fruit. It's not, I hate God. It's simply doing your own thing. And that will go on and on to where no longer being a bondservant to Jesus is something we... Oh, man. Those people serve one another. They lay down their life to one another. They give everything. Oh, they're cult. That's weird. These people... Man, you can just... Oh, wow. We're just loving God. Oh, man. That's, that's the right thing. No, no, no. This is the right thing. We looked at Jesus, it says. And what did we esteem? God's ultimate plan and purpose fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross. And Isaiah says when we looked at Him, what did we say? We esteemed Him stricken, smitten, and rejected of God. And many times God is moving right in our midst and we go, man, I'm, I'm not, that, that's not God at all. No, let this book straighten you out. Okay. You can read this on your own. You get it. But the one thing that I wanted to say that many times the the great word that comes with discipleship. You're not automatically a disciple, and you don't have to be a disciple. The biggest word in the Bible is 
the word if. Whenever Jesus talked about discipleship, he didn't say you had to. He said if you want to. If you want to bring a free will offering. If you'd like to be a child of Israel. If you would... Whenever our Lord talked about discipleship, he always prefaced it with if. Never with an emphatic assertion. You must. Discipleship carries an option with it. People think, oh, you're a Christian, you've got to do that. Absolutely not. But if you love me, what did Jesus say? If you love me, what will happen? You'll get goosebumps on your back. You'll just get along with me. Says, if you love, but see, we, that's the way we think, isn't it? We read that and go, oh, oh, self-centered. God has a great purpose that we have forgotten about since sin, and God is bringing us back to that. But Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, there's many times I don't want to keep His commandments. You know what that is? That's not love. That's selfishness no matter how right I may think it to be. Boy, that fruit looks pretty good. It'll make me wise. You know what? If I eat it, I'll just be just like God. All those things sound really good, except for one thing. God said, don't do that. Now, if you love me, you won't do that. Now, these are the temptations that we we actually face in our daily lives. And they don't seem like temptations because they're really like natural things. Oh, why don't we all just get along? Do you know, I think it would be wonderful if we could all just get along. But until Jesus returns, we're not all going to get along. Back even in, in the day that you bare Paul the Apostle, we, look at it, we, we always like to look at dead people or people that are far away that really, and we say, Oh, Paul the Apostle, he wrote the Bible and he was writing to the Corinthian church. Paul the Apostle establishes the Corinthian church, has the right to them, and says, you're fighting amongst one another. you got bickering going on once another. These, these things will go on. Now, does that mean that the Word of God is of none effect? No. It means that we are not following the Word of God, and there's areas yet I need to make sacrifice in. If I love Him, I will sacrifice. That's why sometimes we do things, or we should do things, that we don't want to do, but we want to do them. Jesus going to the cross. Now, in the natural person of the Lord Jesus Christ, this is why I've mentioned this, now it's going to be more and more real to me. Jesus many times, particularly in the book of John, I believe, he does not talk about himself as the Son of God in so much as the Son of Man. And I always thought that was funny. I mean, if I was the Son of God, I'd like to show it off and be the, you know, the, the big shot and be the son of God here, but he always talks about the son of man, because God, the word of God became flesh and dwelt among us in a body, and as the son of man, God living in him just as Christ is in you, the hope of glory, he overcame this world, it wasn't so much that the son of God overcame the world, he has already overcome the world, but it was Christ in man overcoming the world, he was tempted in all points like as we are. When he went to the cross, he bled and it hurt. He broke his mother's heart. His mother having to look at his son on the cross. He'd have to see his disciples be scattered. He'd have to feel the sins of the world. Now as a natural man, he didn't want to do that. But he said, not my will, yours be done. There is a greater purpose that Jesus would have to submit this body How many people love serving God in the Spirit? I don't know people who can do that. Because God didn't create us a spirit. Now back in the days, there used to be people that just wanted to be spiritual people. We'd leave the body. We'd have outer body experiences. And I, I used to hate coming back. But this is, God actually enjoys, this is the way He's made us. He actually, all the things that we hate... God says, that's what I wanted. See, we've just learned to hate Him because we're ungodly people. God's saying, no, that's a good thing. Now, i got to start saying, oh, that's a good thing. Sacrifice is a good thing. Now, you know how I have to say that? I have to say that by faith. 
Because you know what my flesh wants? It doesn't like anything to do with this. I don't want any part of this. I don't like... But I'm saying, okay, if God's called me and He's real, then this book then is His, His instruction to me. I need to let that work in me. So there comes a choice that if, 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 you don't have to, but sometimes because of love, we do it. Love and sacrifice. For God so loved the world, what did He do? This is is the foundation of our faith, and yet we, many times, do not encourage one another to be as our Lord and Master. Jesus said, you don't have to be better than me, just be like me. For God so loved the world that what? He sacrificed His own Son. And if He sacrificed His own Son for His purpose, how much more would the love of God be shown in us? And you notice, now we don't usually applaud in church, but we don't get that, oh, and I'm, I'm sure, now I'm, not, I'm just kind of joking here a little bit, I'm sure many of us are not going to go out today and say, man, did you hear that pastor speak? His words were so elegant. I came out of there feeling so good. They're not going to say that. I can tell by the laugh. But see, we can go out and say, oh, I've watched TV programs. Oh, I don't know if you practice before in front of the mirror to make your eyes look like that. You have to bleach your skin. I'm not sure how that works. You've got blue... You know, it's just like... At the face of it. The man is so good. Now, I'm not condemning that. But it, beware of what it does in you. Oh, he has the face of an angel. His words were so elegant. What does that have to do with Christ? What about him? It's none of your business. How many of us talk like that to one another? Well, no, I don't want to offend anybody. We are not here to offend one another. But Jesus said offenses will come. We are here to exhort one another. We're not here to make each other feel good, necessarily. We are here to encourage one another to walk with Jesus Christ and have Christ's life be fulfilled in the church. This is a great... How many people would just rather be a nice person and... Say to yourself, yes, yes, yes. It was so wonderful not having to be with you. It was so wonderful not having to be in church. It was so wonderful being able to do my own thing. How many of you have ever said, I was happier before? Yes, until the drugs wore off. Now I'm only saying that not everybody has to take drugs to be a sinner. I know a lot of good sinners who don't take drugs. I don't know why not, but I could never under... Anyway, okay. But I'm saying there's got to be like, okay, if God gets a hold of us, I need to say, Lord, instruct me. Now, let's turn to the book of Proverbs, because we're going to have to do this. There has to be a, a basic foundation that sacrifice and love are together. If you love me, do my commandments. See, what that does is gets rid of all the weirdness. Ever talk to people, well, I was really, I was really trying. You know, you know, when you stole your father's car, and I was really trying to drive good. No, you're not getting the point. That was the wrong thing to do. Sometimes you're, it's, it's not just the trying, it's for what we actually do. Now, thank God there's forgiveness. Thank God the blood of Jesus washes us from all sin. But it's still... Christ has a plan for our life to have His Son formed in us. There needs to be that constraint working in us. So Proverbs. Talking about instruction. Now again, on a general... uh, we We do not do well with instruction. We don't like to be told what to do. I don't like that word, being told what to do. Because it's an if. You can be suggested what to do. But we don't, we don't do that very well. 
See, there's something in us that rises up against instruction. We don't mind hearing a nice message. We don't even mind maybe even paying our tithes or doing something. But don't get involved in my personal life. I've actually heard that. There's spiritual things, and then there's real life. Well, could you please explain to me what the difference is? Because I thought Jesus came and lived in real life. He didn't just do spiritual things. You know how when they, you know, and I talk about this a lot. You know how when they recognized Jesus most of the time after the resurrection, when he ate with them, he's preaching the gospel on the road to Emmaus. He's expounding the scriptures and telling them about this, and from Moses to the, the, the uh, prophets, he's expounding on those things. And then it says they sat down for dinner. Oh, that's the. Where did they know him? They didn't know him up here. They knew him down here. He lived with us. We handled the Word of God. Oh, we know how Jesus does things. He does it like that. There's no way to do it like this. This is the way he broke the bread. This is the way he ate. This is the way he would. we, we would lean on his breast and whisper something to him. This is the way he would... Oh, that's Jesus. See, that's something I can qualify in my life and say, oh yes, I can do that. Okay. It's just like telling your child, pick up your room. Now, you can know whether that's done or not. Not like, child, you do these hokey things, hippy-dippy stuff. Just love me. Mess. There's no love in that. There has got to be a... Now, there's a time for cuddling and a time for all that stuff, but that's not where you live. All right. So the idea of being instructed, and again, when we come to Jesus, come as a little child, we need to be instructed in all things. And this, again, I need to allow that to work in me. Now, as we read this, something kind of stood out to me, because we've been talking most of the scriptures that we're going to read, it's going to start out with, my son, my son, my son. And many times when we hear that, what do we immediately think this is talking to? A child. But when he says my son, there's actually two people at least in the story. And we rarely focus in on the father part of it. But actually, that's, he's got a really big job. Because most fathers won't do what this book says. See, again, in, in this world, <clears throat> and please be, I, I mean, I watch TV. I like, I like watching TV. I'm sorry. Uh, I probably, it's just, but you've got to be, most, and most of the time nobody likes watching TV with me because I'm just always complaining about it. Ah, that guy's an idiot. Man, did you feel that attitude? Man, that guy's, I'm, guy's a dope, and I don't like that lady. She's too bossy, and she's an idiot, and like this, like that. And so most people don't watch TV with me, and I usually don't watch most. I, I, I like, actually, I don't like watching TV. I like clicking. I think it's one of the top three inventions. There's hot water, there's ice cream, but really in order to... You, you probably had to you probably had to invent TV so you could invent the clicker. T clicker without the TV wouldn't be any good. So TV would have to fit in there, okay? But it's like there's not there's really not a whole lot more to watch on that. And be aware that most of the bad shows that you're watching aren't R-rated, aren't X-rated. There's so much subtle stuff being pumped into you that you're going, oh, and we. Have you ever met people on TV that are nicer than you? And Jesus, you know what Jesus said about the nice people? Watch out for the good people. Bad people come around, I'm, all, I'm a hands on my wallet. That's it, I know who you are. Now good people, you're going to get pickpocketed by sometimes. You're just, oh man, he's so... Wait a minute. So a lot of times the things that come out, I don't know why I take my glasses off, I can't see you at all. Maybe that's why. Everybody left. What did I say? Okay. Be aware of those things. Now, what I'm going to talk about, it, 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 it does come back. My son. Now, there's an important...
importance to the children. But really, in order for the children to hear this, first the father has to hear this. Now, there is a great lie, if you would, subtlety. It's not even too subtle. It's only subtle if you're not aware of it. Okay? See, once you're aware of something, you ever see the 3D pictures? You ever see those? I was at my mom's house a, a, a few months back, and she's saying, this is a, and, and if you don't know how to do something, what is it? It's stupid. It doesn't work. So my mom's telling me, I said, 3D books, all those are stupid. They don't work at all. She says, oh, yes, yes, this is the way you do it. And so I'm going like this, you know, with these things. My eyes are getting, I said, that's nothing there. They, they, you just wasted $20. It's stupid. And then all of a sudden, I'm putting my hand in the book and touch, you know, like this. And I'm, I'm going, wow. And then the next page, it was like, once I did it, it was very obvious. But before that time, sometimes it's not obvious. And that's why the Bible calls it deception or subtlety. The, the serpent was more subtle than any of the other creatures. didn't say, Eve, curse God, your husband's a jerk, get a tattoo, whatever it was. No, it was like appealing to her flesh and her just common sense. The common sense is not faith. You understanding something and agreeing with it doesn't make it correct. Wait a minute. Do you mean that most of the time then you could be wrong about serving God? Yes. That's what the whole scripture is talking about. That's why he makes a church and the Holy Spirit and gives us gifts and gives us all these things which most of us say, we don't need that. I can serve God on my own. Was God wrong? Well, no, but yes. Well, all right. So there's this subtle lie, and I, I, you know, like I said, I have to, I have to click the channels because otherwise I, I get too cynical. That your dad, your father, is supposed to be your best friend. So I remember, I remember growing up, and you know, there's people. We've lived in New York, even that back then it was pretty liberal. And you know, people, some parents would let their kids go out and drink. They'd go out and party. They would go out and we'd go, oh, man, those are nice dads. No, they are not. Make no mistake. I think you should be nice to your children. But it's almost impossible to do that. They just, have you, have you seen them? I want the T-shirt that says it shouldn't hurt to be a parent. Oh my goodness. A father is not your friend. Now, he's not your enemy. He is your father. He's not supposed to smoke cigarettes with you. He's not supposed to let you stay out all hours of the night. He's not supposed to let you do everything you want. He has a job. And the job is to instruct you in the ways of God so that when you are old, you can instruct your children in the way of God. Not be, oh, my father's just my best friend. It's so easy. Wouldn't you love to do that? I mean, wouldn't you, how many people would just... And sometimes we would love the acceptance of man more than the approval of God. And this is... So the first thing we're talking to is not children. We're talking to fathers. Fathers, get about your business. You have to first learn what God is saying. And you... I gotta, I gotta find this one. Where was that? Uh... Oh, I'm not gonna find it. Anyway, we'll, we'll probably find it later on. But it says, uh, it's, it, as he's instructing his child, he says, "I'm instructing you. Maybe you can help me, Don." Because my father instructed me on these things. So in the first six, first few chapters of Proverbs, we need to be instructed, and we need we are instructed to keep, to keep. What's another word for keep? Obey. 
What's another word for obey? Sacrifice. Did you find it? Ah, see, I wasn't crazy. Well, I seem crazy, but that, that doesn't prove it. Okay, let's let's start. And I wanted to, I wanted to kind of do it in order, but since we're not there, so let's chart, start in chapter four of uh, uh, Proverbs. Here, children, the instruction. Now, the word is instruction. This is the way you live life. Now, there's lots of other ways you can live life, but this is the way you do it. David, I want you to watch my sheep. But yeah, he told me I was king. Watch my sheep. Son, I want you to go down and redeem that world. Yes, Father, I'll do that. Timothy, I want you to go to that church and I want you to instruct... Isaac, I don't want you to get married to any of these Canaanite women. I want you to go back. I don't have any Canaanites. But some people get funny in this age. It's kind of nice having my complexion. I can go either way. And I love to take advantage of it. It used to be when I was growing up, ethnic was out. You just you didn't you didn't want to you didn't want to be ethnic. It was weird. We'd have to go to New York to buy the food that we wanted to eat and take it. To, you know the story. I take it to lunch. And now it's very fashionable to be ethnic. Actually, if you're white, shame on you. I mean, you're, I'm always telling people here, marry brown. Because I'm t- I know this, I'm telling you, it's coming a day that when... Anyway, okay, that's... I don't have much time left and I have nothing to worry about on speaking <laughs> to you. Okay, that was just a side note. I don't know how we get off on those things. These are the things that plague me. These are my dilemmas in life. I have to live with these things. What kind of child did I have? Childhood did I have? I had the perfect childhood that God wanted for me to lead me along. All right. I mean, I think it's something wrong having to buy ethnic food at a Taco Bell or something like that. There's no excitement in that. Okay. Instruction. Children, hear instruction. Now, the Bible is going to say... Now it's going to instruct. How do we listen to instruction? Now again, there's a, there's a, there's a great attitude or idea in us that remember the rolling of the eyes and the when Dad speaks, there should be Dad speaking. And be aware, you're not going to want to do that. You're going to think almost everything your Dad says, especially if you don't want to do it. It's dumb, stupid, or you're too bossy. How many people realize he never understands anything? As if somehow we were born 50 years old and we don't have any problems. You're going to have more problems when you're 50, 60 years old than you did when you were... You don't want to even handle them. These are things that saying those are the natural things. The natural person says, Oh, Dad, get off my back. I don't, I don't understand. The wise son will say, Oh... I hear that. Thank you, Father. Now I'm talking by faith. You're going to go through this. But there should be the... Okay. We don't do that. I got that. Now, I don't know why we don't do it. I see Johnny doing it. I see Bobby doing it. And I even see maybe other Christians. But, okay, Father. Now, if now again, I'm not talking weird stuff. I'm talking, again, in the, the church never was meant to have people doing their own thing. You had in the in again the spirit the, the the natural church of Israel they had fathers and those fathers were in tribes that had elders that made sure they were governing their house right. One like okay I'm the dad here now I get to do anything I want well you're a dodo head if you think like that you need to be submitted because you're just as as able to sin in the fall as anybody else elders would say, no, that's not quite. And then the elders had, remember, they had rulers of tens and fifties and hundreds and thousands, and then any great matter, they would bring it to Moses. Now see, if God, why would God set that all up? See, again, we think, well, the Spirit just, no, the Spirit says this is the way it's going to be. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit just tell you, don't do that, do that? I don't know why, but He doesn't do it. He's saying, this is my plan. I want you to be submitted to Him. He's going to be submitted to me, and this is the way the body works. But we say, no, God, God is not going to go outside of that pattern. See, now that, you know why? Because that takes faith. 
See, that takes faith to actually believe that Abraham, the guy who gave away his wife twice, is going to become the father of many nations and be called the father of faith. Would you trust him? With a knife and you're being tied up on the altar? Uh, we forgot the sacrifice. 13-year-old boy. Now, 13-year-old year, 13 boy, especially back then, Middle East person, he's not going to... Wild child. He's, he wasn't forced. He if. Father, you've taught me these things. Even though I don't understand it, it may even cost me my life. Foreshadowing to the Lord Jesus Christ. I will trust. Not you. I don't trust you. I trust this book. We don't trust man. Jesus said, I know. I, Jesus never trusted anybody knowing what was in the heart of man. He trusted his father that he was leading him. He didn't trust Pilate. Pilate even said, I can kill you. Jesus said, no, you can't kill me. I'm in my father's hands. But see, we like to take that back and say, no, no one's going to do that to me. No, this is my plan, son. Will you trust me? Let that work in me. Instruction. Hear ye the instruction of your father and attend to no understanding. The word is attend. Listen carefully. Watch yourself. Children, not only children. I'm going to the children of God. Watch yourself when you hear instruction and advice for this attitude. Oh, yeah. That's not the right attitude. That's, it says, dismissing it. Despising it. The word despises it. You don't even give it credence. They laughed Jesus to scorn when he said, she's sleeping. Despising isn't like that. Oh, that's not even no respect, not a second glance. Bible says respect. I give you good doctrine. There's teaching. I'm giving you good doctrine. Forsake not my law. How many people realize that's something you can do or not do? It's very easy. This is the instruction of my father. This is the way he says I should conduct my life. Am I doing that? Well, he had Ishmael and Isaac. You had, who was the, the other one? Um, Cain, not Cain and Abel. Jacob and Esau. Father said, I don't want you to marry this any people from this area. Esau said, but just because you want me to, I'm going to do it. No, that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is saying, I'm giving you good teaching. Don't forsake it. Okay, I got that. But I, I know that. It's undo this. And when you are old, it will keep you. For, and this is the verse that we wanted to get to. For my fa I, am, I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also. See, this is a... The... the, the the heart of God, or the Hebrew mentality, or the mentality of Scripture, is generationally thinking. My father taught me. His father taught him. That's why you, many of the old names are names of what the people did. The goldsmiths. I don't know any others, but goldsmiths. Yeah. The Bedoyans. Yes, yes. No, they, they had a lot of those. Like, you know, Sheephead. Okay. He taught me also. Okay. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments. See, what keeps me? See, we, again, we read these scriptures and we have this wonderful poetic idea that says, when he says to Joshua, When you're walking in the way, I will keep you. My word will keep you from going to the right hand or to the left. What's he saying? As I'm going through life, Oh, Dad told me to do this. I know what to do now. Oh, Dad said, don't. Oh, yeah, I keep that law. See, why do we have people now in this that don't know how to do anything? They're lacking respect. They're lacking honor. They're rolling their eyes. There's no fear of evil in them because they have not been taught to fear evil. See, the, the fear of the Lord has to be taught. It has to be learned. 
And the only way I can do that is by keeping those things that have been entrusted to me to keep. All right. Now, I think we're going to have to end there. We don't get too far. But we're going to look again more at this idea that God wants to say, okay, there's a way in which I can actually love God. I can actually, not, not in the perfect sense, because I am sinful. And even if, even, if I just, even if I believe in myself that I like to serve God, I will fall short. But there's a way in which His Word starts to keep me and starts to form in me a way of thinking, believing, and acting that embraces God's nature, and His nature is formed in me. It's probably going to be different than what you thought. Paul's life ended up different than what he thought. Peter's life ended up different than what he might have thought. The Lord Jesus Christ, we see all these, and your life is not in your hands. You want to really be on an exciting adventure. You start to let God really control your life. And I mean your life, where you work, who you marry, where you go to church, what you think. Not like, oh, well, God controls my life. I love the one that says the other, God is my co-pilot. Yeah, I'll leave him in the glove box. You know, he's, no, he's, he's me, Lord, control my entire life. This is, I used to, oh, but my father said, I'll do that. Now, what if your father is wrong? that too much. Remember the story of Samuel, Eliah, Eli. Not a very good, not a very good man. I mean, I don't think he was a wicked man, but he didn't raise his children right. God was able to use that, not because of who he is. See, we're not trusting in the person. We're trusting in him. And Samuel would be raised, and then to where Samuel would be able to hear the voice of God. But you know when he heard the voice of God? You know who it sounded like? It sounded just like Eli. He said, Eli, what do you want? Eli said, what's the matter with you? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Eli didn't even know what's going on. But God was working through that. So we're not, oh, we're not asking you to trust anybody. The saying was, used to let go and let God. See, that sounds wonderful. Except when you're over to Grand Canyon. and let God. Ah! It's going to cost you your life until we hold our life dear in the mice. I would never do that. I, and this is the thing that the Word of God is dealing with. It's the thing that the apostles dealt with. Peter said, I'll never eat that. Even God showed him in a dream. I won't. I will not change my life for anybody. His life would have, his life would have to change. The Gospel and Jesus Christ want to be presented to this world in real life that have real live temptations, that have real live trials and tribulations, that have real live all these things, the same things, and we go, yes, all those things are true. But we realize those are temporary, and they're working a far more exceeding weight of glory in me. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And it's going to make no sense to anybody except those that the Father has called. And those that He's called, He's going to justify. Those that He justifies going to glory with those people. Okay, we're going to continue on Father's instruction, hearing instruction in the weeks to come. Amen, Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to have lunch right after church, and I see the tables are already set up. We are getting better and better. I always tell people, please invite people to church, and don't be embarrassed. Sometimes the meetings really aren't that good, but it, the lunches never fail. And I'll tell you, you know, you can put up, and I, and I, I, I think the, the missions, you know, that used to be for the, you know, the wayward and the drunk, used to, used to catch on to that. You'd have to sit through the meeting to get the free meal. I don't know how I know that, but. <laughs> and I mean, the meeting was like, especially for all those that didn't want to be there, like. But the meal was always terrific. We keep go, uh, people would keep going back, and, uh, I mean, yeah. So if. <laughs> so if if you want to find out what days we're having lunch 
and invite him to the meeting. I mean, that's why the 5,000 originally came back to Jesus. He gave us bread. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's the way I got saved. I got saved looking for, not at a mission, but uh, at a, at a, I was looking for a free handout, free place to stay or something. God said, okay, I'll use that. And pretty soon I found out what I, I got was far greater. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus. So we're having lunch after church. Please stay and enjoy yourself. Wash the meeting out of your mouth. <laughs> Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name.